Kasky. Welcome to the Basketball and Hockey Podcast brought to you by Talent Alone. This is our Depeche Mode of podcasts. I'm your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always, my co-host, Mike Regan. Mike, how are you doing today? Beautiful. I'm trying to think of a Depeche Mode song, and I don't... Personal Jesus. Now, maybe if you played it for me, I'd be like, oh yeah, Depeche Mode. It's synth pop from like the late 70s, early 80s. Anyways, this is a hockey and basketball podcast. This week, we're kicking things off. Talk about hockey. Second half of the show today. We're bringing in a special guest, and I don't want to give away who it is, but I like to consider him Talent Alone's Lou Williams. I'll just say one word. Bang. Man, how fucking disappointed are people going to be when they listen to the second half and we don't have Lou Williams or Mike Breen on? What the fuck were they expecting? This isn't <laughs> the ringer, all right? I don't got those kind of connections, people. All right, so hockey happened. It's been yeah. happening for like 15 games so far. Mike, uh, good season, bad season. I don't know if you can tell this early on. Like, if you picked a specific team, I could say, oh, it's going good or bad for them. But overall, Wait, it's going like it. Well, Jesus. overall, it's it's going like a hockey season. You think we'll have more wins or less wins than an average year? I was about to say, wouldn't we have to have the same amount? But then I realized stupid loser points. Well, I said wins. But Yeah, but if there was no loser point, the same amount of games gets played every year. So the same amount of wins would be racked up every year. The same amount of wins are racked up every year regardless, Mike. The loser point has nothing to do with wins and losses. It has oh, to do with right. points. I'm an idiot. All this is getting cut. I'm going to go All from saying something about Depeche Mode straight to us talking about Jay Woodcroft. Now you're leaving in the, the Mike Breen tease. <laughs> I demand it. So, Jay Woodcroft got fired like six hours after we went off the air last, last show. Yeah, Does that put the Oilers on the list? breaking oh, news fuck. shortly after yeah. the podcast I, who's who's on that list you're better at keeping this list than i am i know the leafs are okay i'm pretty sure the colts are possibly i know the wizards are for the bradley beal trade oh <laughs> we need to write this down somewhere do you know we how do. to make a spreadsheet uh yeah i've i've dabbled in the excel okay well why don't you why don't you make a a, a list on a spreadsheet at least i have excel on my resume so i must know how to do it Anyways, Jay Woodcroft got fired. Rip. So, Jay Woodcroft gets fired. Chris Knobloch steps in to take over as the head coach. Why do we always talk about the Oilers? What's the deal with us, man? Everybody does. We're not not the only ones. Making sure. So, anyways, Chris Knobloch steps in, who famously was the former coach of Oilers ultra star Connor Brown in the OHL. Here's here's my opening question. What? You got a you got a thought there, buddy? No. Okay. Here's my opening question. Was Jay Woodcroft the problem? Like we we went over this last week. The underlying numbers pretty good. You put your panic meter at like four or five out of ten. It was just bad shooting luck and a horrible goaltending. And is Chris Knobloch going to come in and fix the fucking goaltending? What's he gonna shooting. do? He's gonna go to go to Stuart Skinner and say, "What I want you to do is block shots." I said last week that when your shooting percentage gets that poor, it's more than just ah, some bad puck luck. It's like no, you're not. You need to change how you're playing. In some way, there's ways to get your shooting percentage up, and they weren't doing that under Woodcroft. I mean, it's, there's like that stereotypical thing people say when a coach gets fired, be like ah. He lost the room, you know? He's just not, not connecting anymore. 
just could be like an all-encompassing thing. But I just don't think he was making the changes necessary. I've had my questions about him ever since he had some questionable, made some questionable decisions in their playoff elimination last year. But it's not just a Woodcroft problem. It's also a Ken Holland problem. He's, there's rumors he's retiring at the end of the season. Has there been a worse general manager who has kept their job longer than Ken Holland? Off the top of my head, I, can't, I really can't think yeah. I'd have to go back and do a little research. I'm sure I could find one that's close to that. But no, he's been doing a pretty terrible job. I mean, just look at the Darnell Nurse fucking contract. Look at the hell that they have tried to put around Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Has Maybe we should put a Chris Knobloch in the GM seat and kept Jay Woodcroft. I mean, hey, they've they've reeled off three straight wins. <laughs> Are we just giving coaches credit for regression now? No, but I mean, if we're all going to be like, hey, Antonio Pierce, doing I was that guy. I, I am not doing that. I will. I watched one game of Antonio Pierce, and he said that he didn't. He thinks that Jay or Josh McDaniels was doing too much math, and at that point, I was out. If you think Josh McDaniels is too focused on math, I'm out on you as a coach. Yeah, that that's fair. Now, I think we see all teams get a little bit of a spark when a coaching change happens, but I don't think it will be sustainable down the line. This is the same roster that was playing for Jay Woodcroft. Things could get a little bit better, but I don't imagine them to all of a sudden be world beaters. Also, largely the same roster last year that made a deep playoff run. I mean, what, what Oilers are we buying into? Are we buying into the Oilers who started the 23-24 season by sucking butt? Or are we buying into the Oilers who looked like absolute world beaters at 5-on-5 five five and the power play last year? It's like 80% the same team. Who'd they lose? Kyler Yamamoto? Yeah, they traded him for peanuts, I think. But their 5-on-5 five five disappeared once they played a team like the Golden Knights. In the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think that anyone put them in the well, you know, everyone picked them to make the Stanley Cup final this year, but I don't think that anyone was really saying like this team's better built than Vegas or this team's better built than Boston. Or were people saying that? I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying that. Greg Greg Wyshynski at ESPN, his like in some like prediction article they did because he constantly tweets the clip of it to like pick on himself. He predicted that the Edmonton Oilers were going to win the Stanley Cup this year. So, hey, not not out of it yet, you know. That's true. There's still uh, a lot of hockey to play. Let's uh let's look at their their money puck uh playoff odds real quick here. I'm sure Knobloch made it jump like at least 45%. So. Yeah, the Knobloch bump. They're actually now at 106% chance to make the playoffs. Um 55.2 to make the playoffs and 3.9% to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I could see him getting back in the the wild card mix. Yeah, let's see. Wild card, they are currently at 9.1 and 9.6, respectively, to get wild card one or wild card two. 19.1% to make the playoffs just straight up third place in the division, which seems outrageous to me right now. That seems a little high. Yeah. Also, worth noting, they play later today. Connor Brown, the aforementioned Connor Brown, on pace <laughs> to play. This will be his 10th game, which means that he'll be guaranteed $4 million as a cap hit for the 24-25 season. Are they That's like... basically the rest of the Oilers cap. Yeah. Going I... with Connor Brown. You're going to push him down some stairs or something? <laughs> <laughs> like they're going to come up behind him and be like, I'm sorry, Connor. 
this bush. Yeah, here's here's the question. Who do you think Tanya Harding's him? You think it's it's Knobloch or do you think it's uh uh Ken Holland? Hopefully they don't assign it to Holland because we'll accidentally Tanya Harding McDavid. They'd be like, I just heard Kana and started going. They walk into the locker room and McDavid and Dracidal are just sprawled out on the floor with broken legs and Connor Brown standing in the corner wearing a towel. <laughs> Damn it, Ken. We didn't even say a Leon, just a Connor. I got I, carried I, away. My, my vision went red. I didn't know what was going on anymore. I don't even know what accent I'm doing for Ken Holland. <laughs> well, with that being said, any last thoughts on the Oilers? You ready to talk about the Atlantic? Let's talk about the Atlantic and then somehow keep coming back to the Oilers. As we do. All right, Mike, wanna, you want to start at the bottom or the top of the division? You can start at the top. Starting at the top of the division, we are going to kick it off with the, I guess you call them resurgent, because everyone had like discounted them after the Bergeron retirement, and they've just been outrageously good. But the resurgent Boston Bruins, currently 12-1-2, 867 points percentage, and according to Money Puck, they currently have a 3.9% chance to win the Cup. Mike, you got any uh, initial Bruins thoughts on their dominant run to start the year? They have the, uh, what is it? Second highest PDO. Pretty good. But a lot of that is being buoyed by excellent goaltending once again. So isn't I wonder. It, isn't it a bad thing to have high PDO? Yeah, they usually that like. That you're operating on luck? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Vancouver has the highest PDO. So. Yeah, so it's not great to have high PDO. It means you're primed for regression. Which that I would explain the... why Money Puck has them with the, like I said, 3.9% chance to win the cup. And Dallas is currently seen at number one with a 10.8% chance. Yeah, I think they're definitely primed for regression. I said it in our futures pod. This is definitely still a playoff team. The goaltending, the defensive depth. They have, you know, they have Marshawn. They have Pasternak. I don't think they have the depth to sustain this, so it will start to go down. God forbid Allmark turns into playoff Allmark, because then they'd be in real trouble. But they'll have they have Swayman. Yeah, they they have probably the best goalie duo in the league. Um, speaking of the futures pod, I do want to point out that I very intelligently said bet Boston under one hundred point five points. That's not happening. They're definitely hitting the over there, right? You think so? Well, yeah, Mike. <laughs> They're at uh, right now. They're at uh, twenty-six. Six, and we are like what a sixth of the way through the season. Fifteen games in. Fifteen games in. So that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last time I checked, they were on pace for one hundred and thirty-eight points. I know. I think I could just see a big scoring drought coming for this Bruins team. Well. You better hope so, because Pasternak currently is on pace for 61 goals and 131 points. That part probably wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. When's the last time he led the league in goals? 2018? He wasn't that far off McDavid last year. Yeah, he had 60 goals last year. Yeah. Which is wild. Like, the, the off, just in general, the offensive output in the NHL has gotten so much better. You, you came in at a good time to start being a fan. I've been watching my whole life. What are you talking about? There were years and years where it was like, there's years and years where it was like, whoa, 40 goals, Rocket Richard trophy. Now 40 goals gets you TJ Miller's contract. Hey, TJ, are you out on TJ Miller? You were like all about TJ Miller. (laughs) I got to live the gimmick down. I got to be way too in on the Vancouver Canucks at this point. It doesn't matter what's going on. 
fucking Quinn Hughes, Elias Pedersen, TJ Miller. Top three heart finalists, all of them. Demko. Thatcher Demko. Thatcher the catcher. What's it call him? That's what they call him. Well, that's, uh, at least we didn't talk about the Oilers, right? Talked about Vancouver. I did say that Pashanak wasn't too far behind McDavid, so. Yeah, but that, that, is, that is at least relevant to the Bruins, right? That's true. <laughs> um, that's true. You got any, uh, you got any other, other, whatchamacallit thoughts? Any thoughts on the, uh, the Boston Bruins? Jeremy no, Swayman, right. 9.1 goals saved above expected. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If this goaltending cools down a little bit, they're definitely primed for some, some regression, and I, I will stand by that. Now, who knows? We could start talking about them at the midway point of the season, and they could still be crushing it, but we'll have to wait and see. I, the next team in line, unless you have any more Bruins thoughts, yeah, just did want to point out, once again, the underlines on the Bruins aren't great. Some of this is that they've played a fairly easy schedule to start the year. Like, they've played Detroit, I swear to God, 11 times. But they are under 50% on uh, even strength expected goals. So, not, 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 not the hottest team around, you know? No. They're also shooting a wily 11.64%. Yeah, Wiley, Wiley. I was about to say Detroit, another team primed for regression. But I feel like at some point we just can't take every team that's playing well and just be like, "Here comes the regression." <laughs> Why? That's how math works. That is true. Unless you're the Kings, you're like right on track. Yeah, you're probably Kings, gonna win the Stanley Cup. Kings, Stars, and Avalanche. I'm just like, yep, makes sense. Keep doing what you're doing. All the all the math works. I don't understand it very well, but it looks good. Those numbers, they're highlighted in blue on Money Puck. That means. Excellent. Next up in the standings in the Atlantic division of the NHL, the Florida Panthers, former Stanley Cup champions last year, at least the people's champion. 10-5-1, 6-5-6 percentage. Mike, what do you think about the Florida Panthers of Florida? Well, I'll start by saying my bad. I was wrong. <laughs> so the Futures pot, I faded the shit out of this team. It's like their defense is going to suck, especially with the injuries. It could be fucking, fucking garbage. Fucking OEL, man. Oliver Ekman Larson playing like an actual defenseman in the NHL with Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad out. Career resurgence, huh? Yeah, yeah. Cur- career resurgence. Uh, obviously, we have to shout out my boy Samson Reinhardt having a career year in a, in a contract year, so it kind of makes sense. <laughs> he's the he's the De'Aaron Payne of uh, forwards. And it's a good thing he is because that bum Matty Kachuk has only put the puck in the net three times, so. How many, uh, here, I'm pulling it up. Matt Matt Kachuk has seven and a half expected goals and only three goals. Yeah, he shot the, he has like 72 shots on the year already. Jesus Christ. Then uh, Sam Reinhart, fucking 9.8 expected goals. The guy's just getting high quality shots. Getting more goals than expected too. I don't know why I'm doing accents today. I don't know, we're really on the accent train. Reinhart has 10 more goals than Kachuk and he shot the puck 21 less times. So high shooting percentage regression regression <laughs> <laughs> overall speaking of speaking of regression I do just want to point out Florida Panthers are kind of playing on pace they, they're not like a regression candidate as we we love to point out the average shooting percentage I guess slightly above average shooting percentage but still average shooting percentage uh their expected save percentage is kind of on par with their actual save percentage 55.35 expected goal share 
And overall, they're scoring about 60% of the goals in their games. I, I think this, this Panthers team is what we see here. I think they're legit. I think we actually see, like, another playoff push. And all you got to do is get in the door in the playoffs, and suddenly Matt Kachuk turns into Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, and they're doing it with basically, like, league average goaltending. No shot at not to be rude to Bob Roski, but basically league average goaltending. So they're playing very well. Compared to the playoff run where I felt like a big chunk of it was vibe-fueled, and you looked at some underlying numbers, and you're like, man, I don't know how much longer they could keep this up. Um, this is a much more stable team performance-wise than it was in that playoff run. I don't have the time to do the math right now, but you know what would be fascinating is to figure out who was the worst goaltender in the NHL per dollar earned. Be Jack Campbell has to be up there. Yeah, right? It's got to be Jack Campbell. <laughs> That guy got a fat contract and is currently letting in every single goal in the AHL. Has Hellebuck finally turned it around? I haven't looked at his numbers. He's having lately. a good season. I don't know. No, he You've okay. been on like the Hellebuck sucks train, no, but no, he's been solid. Like a week you, in. you keep saying dumb little American Hellebuck, get no. out of my Canadian league. A weekend he was looking rough, so but he's bounced I know. back. The amount of times I've, I've heard you hope that Hellebuck gets into a horrific car accident. If I had a penny for every time you did that, I'd be getting close to 100 bucks at this point. Why are you putting these things out there? I don't know. Because it's fun? Because it's my natural instinct? Uh, yeah, Hellbuck, 1.1 goal saved above expected on a team with just dog shit defense. Yeah, I mean, Fucking dog shit. OEL isn't. I mean, we can say that he's having a better year, but he's still not. <laughs> not the cream of the crop. Hey, it's better than when he was in Arizona, though. Is he better than he was when he was in Vancouver? Probably. Any more thoughts on the Florida Panthers? No, because they're proving me wrong. So why do I want to talk about something that just shits on my priors? <laughs> Speaking of things that always prove you wrong, the Toronto Maple Leafs, next up in the standings, 8-5-2, and two, 600 points percentage. Mike, got any thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs? 9-5-2. Oh, did I miss a win last night? What does that put their points percentage out there, uh, math guy? They have 20 points. What's the points percentage? 20 divided by 32. It's on the <laughs> NHL homepage has these on these standings. On NHL that. standings. That website is dog shit, first of all. It, not so 62, 62%, 62.5. Did you do the math or did you just go on the NHL homepage and look at points percentage? I, I did the math. Uh, sure you did. Sure if you, you did go, real quick shot at the dog shit NHL website, if you go to their standings, you can't click on a team from there. I know that part sucks. Page. Yeah, I was trying to do that with the Ottawa Senators, and it was just, I was just baffled by the fact that I couldn't go to the Senators page. You just kept clicking because you're like, "There's no way this <laughs> isn't a, a function on this website." Uh, um, so let, let's let's talk some underlying numbers here, real quick, with Toronto. Okay, hit me. So they're currently seeing at 49.38 expected goals percent and 49.3 actual goals percent. So they they're playing up to their underlying numbers. Um. They're, they're Corsi, 50.42. They're Finwick, 50.41. This, this team might be a remarkably average team for a team that's currently seeing that 62% wins. And I think that's entirely driven by Willie Nylander and Austin Matthews being very good at hockey. I was going to say, you stole my point. Is that like, yeah, these are the Islanders. They're an above average team. They're good. They have two super talented, dominant young stars. And they're going to get knocked out in the first or second round of the playoffs. Hopefully by Tampa Bay. Hopefully. Or the Panthers again. That would be fun. 
Yeah, just we we need to make a roster of teams that are legally allowed to face Montreal, not Montreal, Toronto in the playoffs just to knock them out. Like the height of hilarity from that. It's like number one's Tampa because that's just the matchup we always expect. Number yeah. two is number two might be like Montreal or Buffalo, just like regional rivalries. Yeah, a team that's been down and out for a while, knocking out the Maple Leafs. But we'll get to Buffalo in a minute. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, like you were saying there, just these high-quality young players. Austin Matthews currently leads the league in expected goals. 10.6 expected goals. Actual goals, 13, which I believe he also leads the league in. 19 total points, um, which he does not lead the league in. Let me see. Let me make sure he leads the league in goals. Well, he's tied with the Rhino, Sam Reinhart, so... I uh, accidentally clicked the goals sorting tab twice, and it found, found out that Ilya Labushka... Last place in the league in goals. Labushkin. I'll have a special place in my heart because he did. He had a one-year stint with the Sabres last year. And you know how like a lot of teams do the thing where each player has their own goal song? Mm-hmm. His was the, I'm a gummy bear. <laughs> you know that gummy bear song? His was that. And all I wanted was him to get an OT winner. That's what <laughs> I just wanted. I wanted a dejected goalie to be sitting there while that song played and wondering where they went wrong with their life. But we never got it. It'd be kind of fun to do Pitbull's shots. It'd be a pretty yeah. good goal song, right? So, real quick. Austin Matthews, Sam Reinhart, tied for league-leading goals. What's up, buddy? Uh, I was about to make an Oilers comment, but I'm trying not to. <laughs> Austin Matthews, Sam Reinhart, tied for the league-leading goals. Do you know the other two players that are tied with them? Hazard a guess. Hazard a guess? I'm going to say Jason Robertson. Nope. Mm. Jason Robertson hasn't gotten cooking. Uh, goal scoring wise, he's got a lot of points though because that top line in Dallas is Ooh. fucking ridiculous. Is Jack Hughes up there? No, he's been hurt. Oh, that's right. All right, I quit. Tell me, Kyle Connor, Brock Besser. Uh, I should have figured. I should have known Brock Besser. Yeah, you got to guess Vancouver. Any any yeah. counting stat at the top of the league right now? Just guess a Vancouver player. Definitely should have. You got any more thoughts on the Leafs there, Mike? What do you think of their goaltending? <laughs> Just, just for reference sake, and once again, now Vancouver slowly turning into our Oilers this week, but mm-hmm. I just sorted by total points in the league. Three people tied for first place in total points. Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, Quinn Hughes. Every counting stat right now, just guess Vancouver. I, I tried to keep us riding that train, and I bet them the other night. They were, they were on a back-to-back in Calgary. They were like plus, I don't know, like 132 or something. I took it. They lost, so... The regressions here. The sky's begun to fall in Vancouver. Uh, their goaltending, not good. Thatcher Dimko leads the league in goals saved above expected. No, oh, I'm still in Vancouver. <laughs> I'm going back to t- your Toronto question. I thought of their goaltending. It's, I can't it's help not myself. Good. I can't help myself, apparently. Like, Wall is around league average. Samsonov, I believe, is below it. I'd have to look up the exact number, but I think league average is usually around like ni- like 90% save. Uh, it's, I think it's usually 915, but this year it's like 905. Yeah. So that's the number I thought it was 905. So that's right. You would say that. Um, just such a genius. So yeah, Samsonov's underneath that. Wall's around it. I don't think the goaltending's great. When's the last time it was great in Toronto, though? Jack Campbell, that one season. That one Jack Campbell season. Yeah. I think it was only like half the season, too. I think it was like the first half of the season he was fucking cooking. Got him fucking paid. Yeah, I got him paid. And now he gets to go play in the AHL and uh, guard like Swiss cheese. What do, you, what do you think is the top-tier outcome for the Leafs? Like, can you make any argument 
that they're a Stanley Cup contender right now? I think there's people who will try to make that based solely off they have Austin Matthews. <laughs> but if that's what all you if all you needed were two stars to win a Stanley Cup, then guess who would have won one by now? <laughs> Vancouver Canucks. Bingo. Uh, <laughs> nice way to avoid us saying <laughs> their the the team's name again. No, I don't think there's any like plausible argument that it could happen. Like, who's the third best player on this team? Like an old, old ass John Travares? Yeah, probably. Right? No, that I mean, that's the spot on answer. I don't think there's any like. I don't know who else you would put in that category. Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean, stop. I'm I'm I, I'm an unnecessary Tyler Bertuzzi guy. You really are, aren't you? I like. I feel like the answer used to be Mitch Marner, but he's kind of having a down year. You a Matty Nyes guy? Not really. I can't. Okay. I can't say I have any strong opinion on Maddie Nyes. It kind of feels like. It kind of feels like what the Leafs did this year is they went, wait, what if we just do what the Bruins did last year? And it's not really working out. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> There's like two big factors. They don't have goaltending at all in that level. And number two, the de- their defensive group is like a thousand tiers below what. Boston was cooking with last year. Yeah, but they just signed like old vets that have bounced around a few places to be like, this will fix everything. I mean, they they literally brought in Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, they brought in John Klingberg. Klingberg, not Klingberg. Max Domi. Ooh, Max Domi. All right. Well, any more thoughts on the Leafs? Are you ready to to go stateside? Let's go stateside, eh? Next up in the standings in the Atlantic, the Detroit Red Wings currently, feel free to correct me here. Five, eight, five, and three? Eight, six, and three. Eight, six, and three. So their points percentage is no longer 0.594. It is Mike, not. what is their points percentage? God damn it. Oh my God, I have it up. Don't worry. <laughs> They're 559. Five, right. right. Above 50. Five, That's not bad. 559 five, points percentage. Uh, Alice Debrinkit playing kind of out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Goaltending's been all right some nights and, and bad others. They don't have enough depth still. Dylan Larkin having a career year. The whole team is kind of playing out of its mind right now. When you look at the su- the success they're happening having, I I they made all these like signings and moves with their plethora of cap space, and I was kind of like, has Steve Yzer been lost? It is he just throwing darts at a wall, <laughs> waiting to see what's going to work? <laughs> but so far, it's it's working out pretty well for them. I mean, uh, Lucas Raymond having a bounce back year because he was terrible last year. Sorry. As someone who had him on their trade for him in fantasy last year, I can say he was terrible last year, but he's playing really well. Alex Debrinket is putting the nightmare that was his Ottawa year behind him and making them look like fools. So it's been good to see. You know what I've noticed about this Atlantic division when I was kind of looking at it? What? There's no real, like, basement totally out of it team. Like, that's way under fake 500. Like, every team is a game or two under fake 500 all the way down to the bottom compared to, like, every other division has at least one or two teams that are just way behind. Yeah, like, I definitely agree with you. There's no one in this division who's going to be competing for the top overall pick. But I think that there's a clear line of demarcation between the top three and the bottom five in this division. Yes, I definitely agree with that point. Yeah. Boston, like, Florida, and Toronto. Yeah, Boston, Florida, and Toronto are competitors. I mean, maybe not Stanley Cup competitors, but they're 
first ballot make the playoffs teams, especially because they're top three in their division. So it's kind of hard not to make the playoffs if you do that. But they're also the kind of teams that you don't want to face in a playoff round. I mean, I know Boston's underlying numbers don't look great, but they are stacked with veteran talent and young up-and-coming stars all the way down their depth. Florida just has pixie dust floated over from Disney that gives them some magical power sometimes. And Toronto's Toronto, you know? They they could have Austin Matthews go off and, and really start scoring and make a, a splash in the playoffs. But Detroit, Tampa, Montreal, Buffalo, and Ottawa don't seem like they should be in the conversation for deep playoff run or Stanley Cup contention. Quick shout out on the Red Wings front. To, I think you mentioned his name. Dylan Larkin's having like a serious, not that he wasn't bad last year, but compared to last year, he's having like this on this line with Raymond and Debrinket. It's just given him like put these two young guys around the 30 year old and watch them cook. <laughs> it's been a very good, a very good line. It, it's the line that's basically pulling the boat right now. Going to your point of they just not, they're not, they don't have the depth. I think they could sneak in wild card spot, I think. Yeah. And I, I do quietly like some of their depth pieces, but. Still, it's 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 not their year yet. Maybe maybe down the road, but we're not there yet. I mean, I hate to bring it up on every single team, but they're shooting twelve point eight percent right now. Yeah, bring it up. It's a it's a very valid stat to look at. Yeah, just just we we focus on it a lot, but twelve point eight is a very high shooting percentage. To balance that out, they're getting nothing from their goaltending, so that's something. But uh, I I still think that that we're we're a year or two away with Detroit. You think Bennington just sits back every night and laughs when Billy Hughes has a has a bad game? Yeah, I mean, he's ha- he's having a remarkable year from a, a counting stats perspective too. Bennington, Andrew Bernard fixed him, or Burnett fixed him. Yeah, is that, is that who's coaching there now? Believe it or not, uh, has, haven't watched the Blues game all season. Has he started like throwing right hooks after games or throwing water bottles at people yet? <laughs> Hey, we never actually, you know, attack someone. So yeah. he just likes to yeah. posture. He's the hold me back guy. Yeah. Fucking I'd love coward. it. If, coward. How great would it be if like in a random flames game, a water bottle just came flying towards Nassim Kadri. And then you see Jordan Bennington just like taking off into up, up the stands. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't. Uh... <laughs> How much would you pay? If you just learned that there was a game that was going to go on in Buffalo and Jordan Bennington had guaranteed he would fight someone. How much would you pay for a ticket? I'd, I'd pay double face value. Yeah, I'd pay <laughs> double face value for that ticket. How do more teams not like figure out like that strategy? Like Just piss off Bennington. Rattle him. We'll get by him. Yeah, do that thing when you get going really fast up the ice and just spray snow all over oh, yeah. him. Yeah. All right, we're, of course, in traditional capacity going long, and we don't have as much time to, to fuck around this week. So let's burn through a little of the more, a few of the more boring teams in this division. Um, Tampa, 6-4 and 2. Or let, me just, let me just pull up the standings instead of my fucking notes. 7-6 uh, and 4. 5-2-9 points percentage. Mike, you any quick Tampa Bay Lightning thoughts? No, they just have a bit of interesting team that I felt like watching much this season. There's, you know, there's older and... The uh, you know, dominant they, years of them are behind. They me. currently have the longest average contract length of any team in the NHL. 
Yeah, they locked down all these players from their cup years and it's not even that. It's not like it's not like Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman are locked down. It's like Mikhail Sergachev and Braden Point and all the guys of that ilk. Like their entire defensive core is locked down for so long. Sergachev con- contract was a little surprising to me. I like Braden Sergachev. P- Anyways, we yeah. we we got to keep moving on. Uh, Vasilevsky is still not back. This this team's entire life is going to hinge on when Vasilevsky comes back from back mm-hmm. surgery. Next up, Montreal, 782, 471 points percentage. Is that still true? Yes, it is. Mike, you got any uh, any Montreal thoughts? Oh, uh, yeah. Suzuki's having a good year. Caulfield's having a good year. And that's about it. They got two young players playing good, and the rest is just there. Which, that's what you want if you're Montreal. You want to continue to be bad for a few more years. Just fucking stack the roster, man. Like, yeah, you're prob- Montreal. You are a premium hockey city. Maybe the second or third most important hockey city in the world. Just sit back, relax, collect your money. All your games are going to sell out. And wait. Mar- Mar- Marty's- Marty. Martin St. Louis seems to be legit. He's getting the most production out of Cole Caulfield of anyone that's coached him. Just be cool. Just be cool, Montreal. Yeah. Just wait it out. My final two quick points is I agree. It's always a good sign when a new coach takes over and one of your young like cornerstone players finally gets it going. And number two, early returns on the Slikovsky pick. Not looking great. Not looking great. Should have should have gone with Shane Wright, who's dominating. Handing out towels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna skip Buffalo and come back because Buffalo has a lot to talk about. Uh Ottawa Senators, seven, seven, and zero. True five hundred. They might be the only true five hundred team in the NHL right now. Only one overtime game which was a game that they won over Detroit on Thursday. Been a lot of turmoil and news around the Senators in the last few weeks. We covered that on a previous Baski. Mike, you got any thoughts on the Ottawa Senators? You talk about regression. After their hot start there, the regression has come and hit the Ottawa Senators. But like I said, in this division, I mean, they're not totally, not, they're not going to win the division or anything, but they're not totally out of a, the playoff race just yet. Stutzel, Having a phenomenal year. Kind of a similar thing. You got Giroux with like hanging out there with Stutzel and Kachuk, and it's giving him a, a, a second. What's the word I'm looking for? Peak. Yeah, like a second verse, a second stanza to his career now that he's an old man. So. Yep. Another team, outrageous shooting percentage, shooting 12.65%, which is bad news for Sins fans because you're shooting almost 13% and currently 500. So probably not going to be a great year for Ottawa. But baby, just like just like Montreal, keep getting those draft picks in there, man. You got a good core. You got Stutzel. We all like Stutzel. Just keep keep stacking the roster. Yeah, but that's not what that's not the game plan in Ottawa. That's the only problem. Well, every year the rebuild's been announced over. Exactly. The rebuild's been over for seven straight years. It's it's incredible how long the rebuild's been over for. All right, Mike, it's time. Talk about the Buffalo Sabres. Let me make sure that my my points percentage is still right here. Seven nine and one. They lost last night. Seven nine and one. Four forty one points percentage. Dead last by points percentage in the Atlantic. Tage Thompson currently out with an injury. Yeah, he's like, like week to week to week. They think it's going to be a little less than maybe two months. He also was in a slump prior to getting hurt. It was an unfortunate injury. A puck went off his wrist. It, I mean, his wrists weren't working because he wasn't scoring. So <laughs> maybe Sorry. it'll be like. Uh, 
new rookie when he breaks his arm and like throws that ball all the way from center to the plate. He's going to come back and just be shooting rockets from a wrister. Rookie of the year. Yeah. Rookie of the year. There you go. It has not been the start to the season that I definitely wanted. I texted you a while back and I was like, what record do you think they have to get to for me to start like really getting upset about the Sabres? And I forgot what you said, but at this point, even though we're only two games behind fake 500, but 500 sucks in, in, the NHL like let's get that straight right now like mm-hmm. football you're five and five it's like yeah we still got an outside chat maybe we'll squeak in five, 500 in the NHL sucks you're not good enough to get into the playoffs at 500 injuries have been a problem we start the year with no Jack Quinn we've had players in and out and then that's the ironic part about the Tage thing it's like hey Tuck is healthy hey Benson is healthy and now Tage is out like we can't catch a fucking break Dylan Cousins took a puck off the knee and like buckled last night too so yeah, rough entry luck. Uh, and it doesn't help that their starting goalie is a rookie. We all know that rookie goalies tend to have a, a hump to overcome. And Devon Levi has has had his good moments and he's had his bad moments. Um, I still think that he's going to be pretty good. But uh, it's been a roller coaster, you know? I still have a lot of faith in Levi. And I think we'll see him kind of get more games under his belt and start to get better. Like He's had a couple of really good games this year and then some pretty pretty bad ones so to use to use the r word uh i do think we <laughs> see some positive regression here different r word mike <laughs> i think oh, okay. we see some po- positive regression here they do have 51.4 percent expected goals value and under 47 percent actual goals so we will see some positive regression we don't know when that'll come we don't know how how significant that'll come you know pos- positive regression just means they start moving back towards expected their median value it does not necessarily mean that they have to swing the opposite way and start getting 60 percent of goals in games for a while to even out so the positive regression might not be might not be good enough but there's at least some underlying number hope there uh 89.22 percent save percentage by the team by the way yeah that's that's not good not good and last year what helped us stay in the playoff race till the end of the year was that we were scoring enough to make up for the goaltending and we're not this year so far i mean you see it with like our granado has gone through a bunch of different combinations because skinner thompson tuck wasn't working and he's the kind of guy where if something's not working he's going to try to change it up but i mean they're still going to keep coming back to it because i don't think you watch this team and there's just so many games where the the neutral zone is just a fucking mess and the entries are just so hard and it's like, we're supposed to be this young, fast team. Why is this as complicated as it is? Like, I just figured it would be going better than this. I, with the Tage injury, like, it's time to stop fucking around. Like, I don't care which one it is. Give another young guy some time. Matt Savoy. I want Yuri Kulik. I don't know why he's still, I don't know why he's down. Don't know why he's down in the AHL. He should be called up. He played phenomenal down there last year. He's playing great again this year. He's ready to be in the NHL. And for the love of God, like, can we stop with this? Do you know what, what lines currently have played the second and third most minutes? Who? For the Sabres team? Gergensen's, Akposo, and Krebs. And Gergensen's, Akposo, and Yost. Like, I'm so done with those two guys. Like, I'm sorry. Love you. Like, great in the room. And, like, I, I love, you've been, like, especially Gergensen, has been here so long. Love you guys. But when they're on the ice, I just want to bang my head against the wall. Like, there's this idea, like, oh, I got to have that fourth line. I got to have that gritty fourth line. It's like, okay, there's two-way gritty fourth lines, and then there's 
slow old fourth lines who have like hands of stone now. It just doesn't. All right, I, I'm, I gotta, I'm I gotta cut off your rant here. I understand. We, Go ahead. We got, we got to hop on to the the NBA side of things. But uh, uh, Mike, any last thoughts? Give me, give me a, a quick three word summary of the Atlantic. Not. Will end much. Oh fuck. Ending. Much. Different than beginning. That's five. I think the. I'm just saying standings. Be much be different. Standings be different in future tense. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kevin, from the office. We'll be right back with our NBA segment. All right. We're back talking about basketball with us as previously teased is our resident San Jose Sharks expert and known fan of James Harden, Brendan Lewis. Brendan, how are you doing today? Hello. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Love the uh love the energy coming in. Big Sharks guy. Big Sharks guy. <laughs> Doing great. Three wins. Kind of hoping we beat that beat that winless record, but you know, if you can't win them all, lose them all. Yeah, <laughs> you can't lose them all. All right. We 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 had some some plans going into this, but for starters, we got to got to run through a couple of news items here. Just very relevant. First off, Marcus Smart out 3 to 5 weeks. Do you think this makes the Grizzlies better or worse? Worse. No, that's a good point. Mike, your input? Yeah, it makes them worse, but I mean, okay. I don't there know how much, worse, how much worse it could get. <laughs> they got nothing left at point guard now until Ja comes back. It, they're, they're down to, to using rookies and undersized veteran journeymen. All right, obviously, yeah, they're, they're only halfway through that suspension, so it's not going to be pretty by the time they get back. And I just wanted to point out, on our NBA Futures pod, I said... Mavs to win South Southwest Division plus one eighty five. That's a lock at this point. Who's second place in that division right now? The Rockets, six and four. Sick. <laughs> and they lost to the Clippers last night. Next up, checking off the list. Bradley Beal out three more weeks. This uh the Suns experiment. Not off to a great start with Bradley Beal playing a remarkable two games so far, three games so far, zero games between him and Booker. Kevin Durant has been absolutely on fire and is kind of the only thing keeping the Suns afloat. Brendan, your thoughts? Uh, where you, you think uh, you think we ever see this team at full strength this season? I think eventually. I think that the lower back, what is it, a back strain? Yeah, right? back strain. Yeah, that's that's definitely concerning. Is that could is that the level that Ben Simmons has been dealing with for the last two years? Kind of back strain, or is this something that's not so serious and they're just being extra careful about? They just came out with saying that Ben Simmons has a, a nerve impingement in his back. Yep. It's, I don't think that's ever going to be something he gets over. No. And you can, you know, he'll, he'll never be number one overall pick all defensive player, Ben Simmons again. And we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're, we, have, we have space to talk about Ben Simmons later. But if you're the Suns, you do have to kind of be concerned about acquiring this aging core and then having even some of your arguable younger guys like Devin Booker not be able to stay on the court consistently so far in the season. Yeah. I think they're being more careful than anything else. I think we'll see him healthy, at least by the all-star break. I hope so. Cause they're, they're starting to fall behind in the standings a little bit. And this is supposed to be a pretty fun team. I mean, with Kevin Durant, they're still fun, but not as fun as they could be with Durant and Booker or Durant, Booker and Beal. Yeah. It, 
kind of feels like last season where the standings aren't what you'd expect it to be. Like you've got the Timberwolves at three. At the That's exactly what I expected. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Number one defensive rating in the NBA right now, Minnesota Timberwolves. They're good. They're great. Some people are saying that they're finals competitors. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I'm pretty sure Adam Silver said that in a press conference. <laughs> wow. L- last bit of news here. Zach Levine trade request. Uh, start with you, Mike. Mike, what is the best destination for Zach Levine? I, I, am I Mandela-ing? My, Mandela-ing? Is that, can you do that? Can that be conjugated that way? I don't know. Is it a Mandela effect? Or have we been here before? I feel like Zach Levine trade like trade scoops have happened many years. I feel like we kind of get that with all of the players on the Bulls the last few years. Like we get the DeMar DeRozan thing. Everyone's talking about where Caruso should go. Mike, your thoughts? Alex Caruso? Yeah. Uh, overseas. There you go. Damn. Fuck him. <laughs> what, what is your thing with Caruso? Is it the headband? Is it the face? He's don't like his it's face. A, it's the face. After every play, he's like, you steal your look. It's like all squinty and comp- like, eh? after every play. It drives me insane. It, it does look like he's constantly trying to make his face as small as possible on his head. Yeah. Brendan, your thoughts. What's the, well, Mike, you didn't even answer it. What's the best team for Zach Levine? Levine team. I don't even know. I mean, I guess, I don't know if it would work, but we just talked about it. Memphis could share us all use some help. Yeah, they need someone to be able to score who isn't Desmond Bain. Brendan, your thoughts? Best team for Zach Levine? Sorry, Mike. I think I think the Knicks gotta they gotta get rid of get rid of some of your pieces over there. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, I kind of uh, think the Knicks are the move. The Knicks the Knicks need scoring, and the Knicks need Julius Randle to not be on this team some nights. It's both those things can be accomplished in one move. The Lakers. I think the Lakers are an option. Can the Lakers make that contract work? I haven't looked into that. I mean, they'll have to trade a bunch of stuff. That they'd probably have to trade. I know they don't want to trade Austin Reeves, but they'd probably have to trade Reeves, D'Lo. I mean, you, you don't. Those guys are essentially the same product on the court anyways in terms of what they give and what they what you lose with them. They're both two relatively unathletic guards. They're skill guards. It's just that Austin Reeves is a little smarter. Yeah, there's, there's also a lot of talk right now with Zach Levine. The teams around the league are concerned about his knee coming off the injury from last year. And that that is apparently tanking some of his trade value. Just to run through a couple of them real quick. I think Miami also always in contention for these kind of guys and could use someone like them despite the Duncan Robinson renaissance. Yep. I think Pelicans. I was going to say, yeah, I think that, I think that new Orleans can be in conversation. Zion still looks wildly out of shape and just having another guy who can play above the rim on that team. It couldn't hurt, you know, just not a net negative. And at some point, they got to move Zion, right? It's going to happen. Yeah, did you hear what he said the other day? No, what did he say? He said he's trying his best to fit in. Oh, yeah, I did. I did hear yeah. that. He's, yeah, that's that's interesting. What does that even mean? <laughs> it, it means it, it's backhanded way of him saying that he's trying to fit the system that he doesn't think he fits. Got it. Yeah. All right. Any uh any any new stuff I missed? Either either one of you guys got anything? No. Oh, good to move on. I don't have a news bit, yeah. but can I just say that this in season tournament is stupid? Oh my god. I like it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> so, think it's fun. I think the courts are hit or miss, but I like it. I've I have been 
every Timberwolves in-season tournament, I was such a big detractor going into this, but every Timberwolves in-season tournament game now, I am actively stressed out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's great. I want them to, I want them to make it to Vegas. I, I love that it's consistent. It's Tuesdays and Fridays, so you know when to tune in for it, and then you know what you're going to watch for those courts. Yeah, you get to tune in to see one of the courts you haven't seen yet, like Miami's <laughs> court that is insane. <laughs> What's the Seinfeld meme? <laughs> oh yeah with the the red sign outside right. see the thing i don't like like my only, my only bugaboo really is the thing you said you do like i i feel like it's just we should like be working through all the games what do you mean like why are the in-season tournament games like split up yeah that's i i will agree with that i wish they had just blocked off a couple weeks the calendar and said this is the in-season tournament weeks yeah and then we'd be getting yeah. a lot more home and homes or, or back-to-back games against the same team like we had with the Warriors and Timberwolves earlier in the week where one of them wasn't an in-season tournament game and the second one was an in-season tournament game. But yeah. there, it just kind of gives it a playoff feel during the regular season when you get sets like that. Yep. It's fun. Speaking of the Warriors and Timberwolves. Oh, boy. <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on Tuesday night, they sure got into it, eh? Yeah, man. What are you? What are your thoughts as a T Wolves fan? Well, uh, let me let me give broad strokes to people that somehow miss this real quick. Early possession of the game, score zero zero. Anthony Edwards takes a above the break three, bricks it off the front iron. In that that play, Clay's guarding Jaden McDaniels, who then on the way back down the floor, they get into it like tearing at each other's jerseys. Clay ends up with a torn jersey. Rudy Gobert goes to break it off. And Draymond Green throws him in just an immediate headlock. I mean, it was like <laughs> there was no escalation to headlock. There was no shove, turnaround headlock. It was Draymond Green off the top rope into the frame, and suddenly Rudy Gobert's in a headlock. After that, Clay, McDaniels, and Draymond all get tossed from the game. Draymond Green catches a five-game suspension. So let's start it off here. Uh, Mike, since you have no, no horse in this race, who's at fault? I, mean, every, I don't know. Everybody's at fault. Like, I feel like when stuff like this happens, like one little thing starts it and then it just escalates on all ends and gets out of control. I, I think Draymond did probably the most, I don't want to say egregious thing, but obviously the most, um, the most noticeable thing. Is that fair to say? Like he put putting, a seven foot one man in a headlock and then did, didn't he like drag his ass like away? Yeah. He was yeah, walking away with yeah, him. He did. Yeah, it was, like, it was <laughs> like, like, oh my, like, where is he taking him? Like, I thought he was going to drag him all the way down the tunnel. <laughs> we never seen Rudy, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah, like he's done. So, it, what's what's the Draymond suspension? Five games. Five games. Yeah. Brendan, let me ask you then: Who's at fault? Who's at fault? Oh, dude. Uh, let's see. Where do we start? Um, so I think, like, just to add clarification to the beginning of the play, so Clay was grabbing McDaniel's jersey as he was pushing him away to kind of box him out of sorts so i think that just like pissed off mcdaniels i don't know if he's used to that kind of physicality because like let's be honest the warriors play with a lot of physicality when they're engaged which is like a 50 50 thing it seems like but i think that just escalated so quickly so they're throwing each other around i think honestly i think it's clay mcdaniels fault but i mean like the person who's most at fault is draymond I mean, he just came out of nowhere, man. He, like, jumped into that headlock. <laughs> Chuck Mendenhall wrote an entire article on The Ringer just breaking down the fight 
from the perspective of a guy who covers UFC that was just absolutely excellent, talking about, like, form and function of the headlock. Do you see how he locked his chin in to block off Kat's headlock? Yeah. <laughs> Nuts, dude. Draymond came into that with a fucking plan, man. It was like he was yeah, scouting he the fight the night before. Which yeah. does, it does bring me to the next point I want to bring up. Per Tom Havistro from his Substack, Draymond Green is four times as likely to get ejected from a game when Steph is out. I saw that. Yeah, gotta gotta kind of wonder, where does that come from? I mean, there's been some talk, especially from Rudy Gobert, who, after getting punked out on the court, decided to go talk to the media. Yep. But there's been some talk that Draymond intentionally got tossed from the game because he didn't feel like they were going to win, and this was his way of getting, like, a rest day. Yeah, I don't know, man. <clears throat> I mean, he had that whole year without Steph and Clay, and he played pretty badly. I mean, that was uh, that year he was also injured. Yeah, and no one's no one's ever relying on Draymond as an offensive producer, right? He's he's the ultimate glue guy. He's an first ballot defensive player, and on offense, you know, when when he's hitting threes, he's a threat, and he stands in the right spot when he needs to. But he's not a he's not a creator on his own. He's not a scorer on his own. He needs people like Steph and Chris Paul and Clay to do more of the scoring and drive more of the offense. So I get that his counting stats aren't as good. But I do have some trouble believing or, or empathizing with, with Rudy Gobert on this one that Draymond intentionally wanted to get tossed. Because I, I, like, Draymond's one of the smartest guys in basketball, but he's still not going into games going, I hope I get tossed out of this one. I hope I get a rest day out of this. Like, if, if he didn't want to play in it, just pretend you rolled your ankle during warm-up. Yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think he's trying to miss games. Or get ejected, especially like in an in-season tournament game like that. Not that they like. No, I don't think the Warriors care that much about winning the in-season tournament. I don't think it's super important to them either. Yeah, I don't think Draymond's going out there to, to get ejected because I mean he still had Clay, still had the young guys out there who you like you're trying to develop. So like Draymond's got to be there for that. But speaking of the young guys, I mean probably your next point. But I I just I wrote down the. Uh... The just notes on the fight here, but if you want to talk about the rest of the game and, and how weird it was, feel free. The floor is yours. What's up, Mike? You got a point? I just wanted to jump in with one more thing on the fight. So Gobert gets headlocked and dragged away by a guy who's like a half a foot shorter than him. How happy do you think Cat was to see someone else get bitched out? Like it wasn't. No, that's that was my <laughs> so first thought too. Since since the Philly fight a few seasons ago, when Cat went at Embiid and immediately Ben Simmons like took him out, I think that Cat has just been waiting for a moment when the Timberwolves weren't talking about how he lost that fight. You know what does suck about that Draymond ejection is that? that him and him and Ant were starting to really get into it at the end of the game beforehand. I was really really looking forward to part two of that and we just didn't get it yeah those two guys have no quit in them and that's super fun when they play against each other but we we, we don't have a ton of time to keep talking about this so before we move on to, to talk about the other things we have uh brendan since you're not a mainstay in this podcast i will give you the time here to go off script and tell us about how great the young pieces on golden state are looking this season yeah they look good they're they're smart like pods and trace jackson davis it was smart guys who know how to fill their roles, which is nice. I mean, Pods went off for, what, 24 points in that loss against T-Wolves? Yeah, how many games has he played now? Was that his second or third game? He's played a few games, but he hasn't played many minutes. It's usually like eight 
eight to twelve, maybe. Just because Yeah, then in against uh, against Minnesota on Tuesday, thirty nine minutes, and then against OKC uh two nights ago, twenty five minutes. So they're definitely yeah. seeing the improvement. Yeah, and he uh he probably will get more playtime because Gary Payton too. I mean, he's also injured, possibly. So that's uh I mean the guard rotation for the Warriors is kinda rough to get into. You've got to get past Steph, you gotta get past Chris Paul, Clay is another topic. Wiggins is starting to lose minutes to GP2. Yeah, he should get some playing time pretty soon here. I think you'll see him play tonight. Who are Who's Golden State playing tonight? It's the Thunder again. Oh man, another one of those uh, two games in a row against the opponent kind of things. Yeah, and we got rolled. I think that a lot of a lot of the issue right now is just that similar to the the Buffalo Bills that, that Mike knows so very well, Golden State is just short on players right now yeah short on players and wiggins and claire just cold yeah that, i don't know how much you've watched uh, I've, I've watched a, a good bit clay's really struggling to get off anything he's slowed down a lot like he's struggling to get off screens and get around posts and wiggins who's just slow on defense miscommunications all sorts of weird things that you didn't see from him last year yeah, it's it's the worst non-Minnesota Wiggins season so far. He's He's been off to a rough start both defensively and offensively, which in their last finals run, they relied on him so much, especially on the defensive end of the floor, that it's a little concerning to to see him not performing to that level right now. If you, you're someone who, you know, like maybe someone on this podcast has a Golden State to win the West ticket. That's right. <laughs> Is it you? Yeah, I have a Golden State to win the West ticket. Who else would it oh, be? Damn. <laughs> Second thought. Yeah. Brendan doesn't gamble and you don't have it. I do not. Hey, at, That's a good bet. So Adam often asks me this when my teams come up. So what's your concern meter early on in the year for Golden State? Scale of one to 10. Mm-hmm. A concern meter? Hmm. Right now it's a two. I mean, like these are normal things. Like Clay struggled in the past before. We've seen Wiggins struggle. He'll get out of it. He'll both get out of it. Uh, the Draymond thing, it's, it's like a yearly occurrence. So, you know, the only the only puzzle to figure out is like how to fit how to fit in Kaminga, Moody, and then Pods and Trace Jackson Davis. But those last two guys aren't going to see a lot of time. But I think it's a two for me. Uh, also worth noting, Brendan, I I would argue that you are a heavy confidence guy when it comes to the Warriors, which I guess is earned because they've won. A lot of rings in your time being a fan, but you tend to be the last person to to call the season dead. Yep. No, well, I'm not going to count. I'm not going to count him out. Same as LeBron. Not going to count out LeBron. Well, that Those is the nearly nearly a perfect transition. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the other LA team besides the Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers, who last night finally got their first win with James Harden after beating the Rockets. Since acquiring James Harden. They've lost to the following teams. The Lakers, the Knicks, the Nets, the Mavs, the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets. Mind you, the Nuggets, they lost on a last possession jump ball due to the ball getting wedged between the backboard and the rim when Paul George shot it. Before last night, Harden had looked incredibly sluggish. Last night, he just looked a little sluggish. So, seeing improvements all over, they get the win. Harden only looks like he spent four hours at the strip club the night before instead of all eight. Here's my question, and and we'll, we'll start here with Brendan. Is Harden the problem 
with the Clippers? If they fix Harden, are the Clippers fixed? I think it's too early to say. I don't think he's the problem. I think it's fitting in him with the rest of the team. I mean, what is this game? Game six, right? That he was with the team? One, two, three, four, five, six. Game seven. Game seven. So I guess, yeah, he's the problem right now, quote unquote. But I think I think it'll be fine. I don't think they're going to win anything, but uh, it's just, I don't know how you fit in, like, Terrence Mann and Russell Westbrook with him, but. Yeah, and that's the other thing. The the Westbrook on the bench with Zubots being the only starter that he's playing with, or not, not Westbrook, uh, Harden playing with the bench unit with Zubots with some yep. of the most effective Harden minutes on the Clippers. And now that they move Russ to the bench, it, it, it's kind of a, a confusing lineup. Um, but Mike, same question to you. Is Harden the problem in LA? I don't think so. I, I think that the team, I, I wasn't crazy on the Harden deal, like increasing their odds that much as far as how deep they're going to go in the, the off season. So I think it's a little bit of just overall how the team's constructed. I, I just, I don't know. Like, it's a long season. They're still going to get to the point where Kawhi has to miss 15 games because he slipped getting out of the shower. And they're going to have a handful of games where Russ tries to just go think he's still an MVP candidate and, and take dumb shots. I, I just I don't trust this team. And the biggest reason is not enough Bones Island. You like him? If this podcast starts making money at any point, I swear to God, the first thing I'm buying with it is I'm getting you a Bones Highland jersey. Yeah, a Nuggets one. How do Bones is like the only young player they have? Give me more Bones. Give you, give you, give Mike more Bones. You heard it here first. The Bones are his money. Um, yeah. Worth noting, they still have a minus forty-eight point differential with Harden on the team. Now they're six and one, one and six. So it makes sense their point differential would not be in a great spot currently. But they added a guy to the team who can't guard. He's now a starter. It's him, Terrence Mann, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Ivan Zubots, which means that they are just going to be picking on Harden and pick and rolls. Every half-decent team, as long as that's the starting lineup, will be running pick and rolls until they have who they want against Harden. So Ty Lue's got to figure out a system around that. And then the bench unit beyond that, you have your starter as, as Russ. And, and like you said, Mike, Russ is prone to do Russ things sometimes. He's not a defensive superstar, never was, but he's not even up to the caliber of who he used to be. And now he's, he's still trying to dunk on Alpha and Singoon twice a game. So you can't, you can take the, the Russ out of OKC, but you can't take the OKC out of Russ, I guess. Do you guys think, uh, is Kawhi still, do you, would, do you consider him still like at the higher end of the league when it comes to his defensive ability? Yeah. Oh man. I do. It's, it's, it's tough, man. Like, he's still lengthy, and he's still athletic. But he's in his mid-30s now. He's like 33, I believe. Here, I actually have I have their roster in front of me. He is... Great, thanks for giving me the birth year and not his actual age. 32. There you go, 32. But he just hasn't been up to snuff late in games anymore. And I don't know if that's a conditioning thing. I don't know if... Kawhi Leonard is once again dealing with an injury or something of that nature. But he's he hasn't been like, as much as I hate to use this word because the NBA has co-opted it into an award, he hasn't been very clutch on, on either end of the floor down the stretch in games. And that's a little concerning. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys will agree with me on this. We, we, can, we can leave it to the room. But 
Kawhi Leonard came in, supposed to be their best player, MVP candidate Kawhi Leonard. And I think by far this season, Paul George has been their best player. He was their best player last year. He was the best player last year. He's <clears throat> yeah. quietly probably been the best player during their tenure on the Clippers, but it really seems like this should be the Paul George show with Kawhi on the sideline. But if you look at their usage numbers, they're about equal. They're both getting used the same amount per play. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that my, my Paul George opinion is on record in this podcast. Because even after the Harden trade, I was like, I mean, I still think the best player on this team is Paul George and it's going to, their season will go as, as he goes. Can I ask you a clarifying question off that audio format? Oh, I nodded. I nodded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. So you say even after the Harden trade, you said that? Mm-hmm. Are you implying that there were some people in the league who, after the Harden trade, thought James Harden was the best player on the team? No, I, I don't. Okay, just making sure. But I'm sure there's been com- there's probably some people having the conversation between Paul George and Kawhi. It's worth noting for this team, by the way, they are missing Mason Plumley. So what are we to expect? Underrated. Underrated Mason Plumley. You heard That's it right. first on the Basky podcast. You know who they did pick up, which is a good pickup, is Daniel Teese. Oh yeah, that his his first game pickup. was last night. Mm-hmm. He did not have a great game, but I agree. I, I like Tyson yeah. a lot. I I think that he's gonna be good in the similar to Mason Plumley kind of role. He's but he good, was getting uh, he's getting cooked last night. I'll tell you that. He is not a good defensive player. No, that's that's the co- problem. He looks cool though. He's a cool looking he dude. Does. Yeah, and if you, I think if you put him on there with PJ Tucker. And I think you're good. PJ Tucker is so good, man. Yeah, but Underrated. he's another guy. It's just like, what can we expect from PJ Tucker being in his in his mid 30s now too? Just great gritty defense. That dude is gritty as hell. He's the he's the closest we've ever gotten to another Draymond Green. And you know, it, it's the the conversation if there's only one Draymond Green. But that PJ Tucker run when he was in Houston, when the Rockets won 65 games, oh, man, that's about as close as we're gonna get to a Draymond Green on another team. Watching him on the Bucks too, score like nothing, and just be the grittiest guy on that team. Just so fun. That dude was right. nasty. Final, final question for you guys on the Clippers. Uh, and then we got we to gotta run through the, the Eastern Conference some here. What's the, what's the Clippers ceiling? Mike, we'll start with you. Where do the Clippers top out this season? I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't know if it's play-in or to straight up make the playoffs. I'd, all right, I'll, I'll just go ahead and plant my flag. I think they can make the playoffs, be in the top six seeds, probably as number six, but I think they're like a first-round elimination team. So you're saying six seed, lose in the first round. They are currently the 11th team in the West. Four and seven with... Oh, that's strength of schedule. I was going gonna to rattle off their net rating here. Let me pull that up. Negative uh, 0.43 net rating. So, not not your most insane take. Brendan, what do you think? What is the Clippers' seal in this season? I think they are a playing team. I think they get, if they make the play-in tournament, they beat whoever's in the play-in tournament with them, then I think they get knocked out in the first round, but I think they lose in the play-in tournament. Damn. I like Ty Lue. I'm not a huge fan of that team. Yeah, it's like the second or third oldest team by average age in the league. All right. Got uh, got one more segment. This one's probably going to be a little bit heftier than the previous two, so hopefully we can keep it under the 45-50 minute total time range on the basketball section. But yeah. simply, we're going to go through the Eastern Conference and go real or fake with their current playoff teams. So, Mike, we're going to start off with you here. 
Currently, number one seed, Celtics, 9-2, and two, plus 14.5 per 100 possessions. They are third in defensive rating, first in overall rating, and first, or first in offensive rating, and first by far in net rating. The difference between them right now and number one and number two Philly in net rating is the same distance between number two Philly and number nine Golden State in net rating. Mike, Celtics, real or fake? It'd be a pretty hot take to come out here and say fake. <laughs> uh, this team is playing so good right now. And they had me worried because I threw down a Nuggets, Bucks, Finals, Future. And I, I don't know how confident I feel anymore in that. Because the Nuggets are the fourth best team in the West? No, because of how good the Celtics are playing. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Yeah. Just, uh, just wondering there. Brendan, Celtics, real or fake? Real. Yeah, not not a not a ton to to really add to that, right? It's the Celtics are probably either the best or tied for number one team in the league just by roster. Joe yeah. Maz can't even sink this team this season. It's just outrageously good. I agree. All right, number two, Brendan, we'll start with you here. Philadelphia 76ers, they are eight and three, plus eight and a half net rating per one hundred possessions. Brendan, 76ers real or fake? Now, is this real or fake for pre for regular season or this is real like, or fake as a contender? Fake. Fake. Woo. Getting some heat in the building. Getting a Philadelphia 76ers are fake take pulled off on the Basky podcast. Can you justify that one? Joel Embiid still hasn't proved himself in the playoffs. They got Tyrese Maxey, future MVP Tyrese Maxey. Still hasn't done anything in the playoffs. Let me ask you this. Who's the best Tyrese in the league right now? Dumb question. <laughs> What's Why is that a dumb question? question? Because it's Halliburton. Okay. It's Halliburton, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, a big, big Tyrese Halliburton podcast. He's been great. All right, Mike, uh, you're going to you're going to co-sign on the scorching take Philadelphia 76ers real or fake. So if this, like you said, this real or fake is on being a potential like win the championship contender. Yeah. Yeah, they're fake. They're always fake every year. They're fake. My God. Uh, Am I the only person who believes in the 76ers? I mean, Embiid's playing great, as you'd expect. Maxie's kind of doing what I expected with no Harden there. He's having another great season. I still think they regret the, the Tobias Harris contract all these years later. Uh, but yeah, I, Brendan has a point. They haven't really proved anything. So until they do, I will always consider them fake. I do think that we kind of talked about Tobias Harris because of his contract as like a bad player. But he's just like an overplayed or overpaid solid player. He's fine. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah. That's that's kind of what you need. Also worth noting, yeah. they are right now without Kelly Oubre Jr., who either got hit by a car or didn't get hit by a car and was talking police while he was medicated. No one really knows what's going on here. Real weird story coming out of that one. Yeah. That, did you see the ring footage? Yeah, where he, where he was pushing weird. his bike back in. Super weird. Just like walks. First off, sociopath behavior from Kelly Oubre doesn't even lock the door. <laughs> Just walks in to his unlocked front door. And tells his wife he got hit by a car. So casually, too. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if, if you don't know about the Kelly Oubre story, go look up some of the reporting and some of the footage on it. It is maybe the weirdest NBA story so far this year. I didn't see the details on it. And it was kind of weird. I don't know. I guess that's just I'm used to, like, chaos when it comes to, like, wild 
athlete stories. I clicked on my phone. And I had like a Bleacher Report update. It was like, Kelly Oubre hit by car. And I was like, oh, wow. And I just kept moving with my day. <laughs> he was, so he was riding a bike. And here's my question. What does a six foot nine guy look like on a bike? <laughs> a big bike. Yeah, is it a small right? bike or is it a big bike? <laughs> like remember, remember growing up when there used to be all those kids who would ride like those really tiny stunt bikes around? Yeah. You think like, like does a regular bike look like that on Kelly Oubre? Like how, how high up does a bike come on Kelly Oubre? Like a normal size bike. Like is it to his hip? Is it to like mid thigh? Is it to his like, knee? To the top of the shin, like not even the knee, top of the shin. In my head, he has one of those old timey bikes with the really big front wheel. If I ever run into Kelly Oubre riding a giant front wheeled old timey bike, might retire from the sports industry. I don't know if I can top that peak. You know, I think Devin Booker would do that. I absolutely see Devin Booker riding one of those bikes around. He's kind of hipstery, right? Although, is he still dating a Kardashian? Would a Kardashian abide by that? Nah, the Kardashian curse is over. Devin Booker couldn't couldn't lock it down. Thank God. <laughs> All right, up next, since we talked about Kelly Bray riding a bike longer than we've talked about anything else this podcast. Mike, goes to you first. Number three currently in the East. Milwaukee Bucks, eight and four, plus one point four per one hundred possessions. Mike, Milwaukee Bucks. Real or fake? I mean, unlike Embiid, Giannis has proved a lot. He's got the the one the one ship. I think they're, I'm going to say real. You have a team with Giannis and Dame, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, <laughs> holding down the greatest player in Notre Dame history in the NBA. <laughs> but no, I mean, considering the stars on this team and some of the depth pieces that I like, like uh, like Cameron Payne, I'm a big fan of, I'd definitely say real. Uh, worth noting right now that Malik Beasley, who's supposed to be the three and D guy, not not good on defense. Giannis is shooting remarkably poorly from anywhere besides the rim. Even Dame Lillard isn't quite shooting up to, to his level. He's only shooting 31% from three. I think some of this team is going to have our, our magic word of the day, some regression back to being higher quality. But it wasn't what I expected out of this team. We're not seeing like a bunch of like Dame Lillard, Giannis pick and roll. We're not seeing this team get out and transition with speed the way they did last season. We're not seeing the shutdown defense. And some of that is that they turned Drew Holiday into Dame Lillard. So what did you expect on the defensive front? There's only so much that Giannis and Brooke Lopez can do guarding the paint and guarding, you know, lanes to the rim. They can't also guard other teams' guards. So the question goes to you then, Brendan. Milwaukee Bucks, real or fake? Yep. You brought up all the points I was going to bring up. I think that defense is a lot more concerning than I thought it was going to be. I think than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think they're fake. I don't trust them. I, I, I think they're going to get burned in the postseason with that defense if it doesn't improve. Yeah, how many, how many points per game do you think they would have to score to make the Eastern Dude. Conference Finals? Like 120, 130? Yeah. That's a lot to ask. And they've got Mike, two guys who can do that. Mike, did you have a different opinion on that? Oh, no. I was going to say if that number turns out to be accurate, it's not good because they're averaging 118 right now. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, net plus 1.9 net rating. Their defensive rating is 22nd. 
in the NBA. This is this is a team that won a championship off having the best perimeter defense in the NBA. And now they they can barely manage to not be in the bottom eight of the league in uh, defensive rating. Next up, Mike, going to you. The much maligned zombie team at the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Miami Heat. What's up? I went first last time with the Bucks. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Sorry, Brendan, to you first then. Miami Heat, 8-4, and four, minus 1.5 net rating per 100 possessions. Currently on a seven-game win streak. Currently on a little bit of a heater. Brendan, Miami Heat, real or fake? Get Jimmy Buckets, but I don't think they're real. I think they're fake. Getting a resurgent Duncan Robinson here. That roster, man, I just don't know if they can keep up. But the same thing happened last year. (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough one. You can't count them out. What would it take for you to firmly move them to the real category here? They need to pick up a third star. Zach Levine trade? I think Zach Levine would put him there. All right, Mike, to you. Miami Heat, real or fake? Before I answer that, I will say another one of my priors might not be going well. I was you very negative. No, I was very negative on them in our futures pod, and I took them under uh, 45 and a half wins. I didn't expect like Tyler Hero to be averaging 23 a game, shooting 41% from three. He has 4.6 defensive rebounds. If you're getting boxed out by scrawny-ass Tyler Hero... Like you should probably rethink what what you're doing on the defensive right. glass. Let's let's not start pretending that defensive rebounds are a good stat. <laughs> That's true. He works All hard, right. man. He does. That that whole team does though. Like there who's who's the laziest person on the Heat? Jimmy Butler. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked, Jimmy. All right, Mike, you didn't give us an answer though. I didn't. Uh I mean I, I'm I'm going to say fake. I kind of agree that they need something else added to this team as as far as heat culture can take you i know they're like seventh in a opponent uh opponent points per game but I, I i just can't buy into it bam is having a hell of a season too yeah yes i mean this if if jimmy butler wasn't on this team bam would be firmly right now in like an outside mvp conversation he's been incredible on both sides of the the floor also worth noting, Kevin Love still on the team, coming off the bench at center. Uh, all right. Yeah. I believe we are going to Mike now. Mike, Indiana Pacers, 7-4, and four, plus 2.9 net rating per 100 possessions. Mike, Indiana Pacers, real or fake? We're getting to the point in the standings where it's going to be really hard to make one of these, you know, consider one of these teams real. I'm just waiting for both of you guys to agree on a second team to be real besides Boston. Um, <laughs> God, I fucking love Tyrese Halbert. <laughs> Also, another one of my priors, Tyrese Halliburton will lead the league in assists. He was plus 195 when I bet it, and he's currently leading at 12.5 assists. Who's even in competition there? Chris Paul? Um, Shit, I had it pulled up. He had 13 last night. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Chris Paul's been... I mean, if, if Chris Paul is doing one thing well, and he's doing more than one thing well, but if you can say he's doing one thing well, that guy is getting dimes this season. He is... Every pass he sends seems to go into the bucket a shot Ew. It's Trey Young, 11.1. Gross. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. We'll get to our Trey Young slander later. Yeah, no, I, I love Tyrese Halliburton. 
some of the guys on this team, but unfortunately they are they are fake. They're not contending for a title quite yet. Just to keep the Tyrese Halliburton blowjob going for a second here, 50-40-90 guy. Just shooting out of his fucking gourd. This is also the only team to be on both sides of a 150-point game. They won a 150-point game and then lost a 150-point game. All right, Brendan, question to you. Pacers, real or fake? I think what you see is what you get. I think they're real in that regard, but I don't think they're contenders. I do think they still have to figure out the Benedict Matherin situation, fitting him in. Yeah, there's definitely still some questions about a couple other younger guys, and the most forward of that being Benedict Matherin, who... Very who won solid. rookie of the year? Who won, did he win? He didn't win rookie of the year last year, right? No. Uh, no. Who won rookie of the year last year? Palo. Oh yeah, you're right, Palo. But he was so so. Benedict Matherin was in the conversation early in the season and completely fell off in the second half. He was also in the conversation for six man last year. So definitely, definitely a weird player to to nail down. And I think that you're completely right. I don't know what Benedict Matherin's ceiling is in the league, but. Hopefully Indiana does if they want any shot at competition the next few years with him on the team. Yeah. I like the roster, though, and I like Rick Carlisle. It's super fun. It, every Great. Indiana Pacers game is so much fun right now. Yes. Anybody going to say it? Obi Toppin, baby. 11.1 <laughs> points a game. Let's fucking go. Shooting 61% from the field. I don't have access to Second Spectrum or the premium stats on cleaning the glass, but if I had to guess... I would guess 99.9% of Obi Toppin's points have come on lobs. That's all I wanted this year, which is Halliburton to Toppin three, three lobs a game. Three lobs might be underselling it. It feels like every third play they run out there is, is uh, Halliburton to Toppin on a lob. All right, Mike, to you now. Wait, is that no. right? No, I keep getting this backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to keep it straight in my head, all right? Old habits. <laughs> Brendan, to you. Next up, Orlando Magic, 7-5, and five, plus 0. 0.5 net rating per 100 possessions. Orlando Magic, real or fake? Fake. They like currently the have the second highest defensive rating in the NBA, by the way. That's fake. Hey, who have they played? I mean, they played the Lakers a couple times. Yeah, I can pull up. I can pull it up real quick if you just want to start talking about them. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird team, and I haven't watched a lot of the Magic, so I can't like justify what I'm saying. But I mean, I love Mark Faults. I always root for that guy. Me too. Why is that? I mean, the dude went through so many injuries at the beginning of his career, and then they traded him away and give him another chance. All right. So here are the Magic's wins so far this season: Rockets, Trailblazers, Jazz, Lakers, Bucks, Bulls, and Bulls. Their losses. Nets, Hawks, Mavericks, Clippers, and Lakers. So, interesting. kind of right around where their net range should be. It feels like they sometimes win against the good guys and sometimes lose against the bad guys, but you can't really make any sweeping judgments 12 games into the season on them. Yeah, young team. I think I like youngest them. in the league, right? Or second youngest in the league? They were last year. Their oldest player, Joe Ingles, but if, if we're not counting Joe Ingles, who right. has like 200 minutes on the season. Their oldest player outside of Joe Ingles is uh, Gary Harris at 29. Love me some jingles. <laughs> Who doesn't? 
All right, Mike, same question to you. Orlando Magic, real or fake? It pains me to say it because I love that that lineup of faults. Wendell Carter Jr., Wagner, Suggs, and uh, Bancaro. But, yeah, they're they're fake. But watch out. They're, they're on the rise. They're on the rise. All right, Mike, big, uh, big moment for you. Next up, currently sitting in the seventh seed, New York Knicks. Seven and five, plus 5.8 points per 100 possession. Mike, real or fake? Team sucks. <laughs> I know we're like finally over 500. Let's all round of applause for that. But you can't be 28th in the league in fucking free throw or in uh, shooting percentage and 29th in free throw percentage. 29th. You can't get the free points. Like, this team just doesn't work. They're, uh, or no, I'm sorry. They were 28th uh, in assist was the, the stat I put down. Like, there's not a good, like, offensive flow to this team at all. I'm, I'm very down on my boys this year. They're fake. They have the lowest shooting percentage. It's just, it's like a hair over 50. It's like 54% at the rim in the league. I don't know how that's possible when you have Mitchell Robinson on your team. Right? Also, worth pointing out, though, you know what they do lead the league in, Mike? Rebounds. Both offensive and defensive rebounds. I saw that. I, I guess that makes sense, though. Robinson, Randall. Barrett when he plays. That that makes sense. <laughs> All right, Brendan, moving the question over to you. New York Knicks, real or fake? Fake, man. Villanova 2.0 roster. <laughs> I'm out. At least Villanova won things, though. Villanova won a couple national championships. Yeah, and I love Dante. Dante was great for what he needed to do on the Warriors last year. Uh, I just don't like a lot of their players. Rough, like. rough start to the season for Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, but R.J. Barrett is playing probably his best ball That's maybe true. in his career. Absolutely. He got that bronze medal. Should, still a, should... <laughs> you still a Barrett believer, Mike? It, it, change, it depends on the game. It changes by the game. What about Emmanuel Quickly? I love Emmanuel Quickly. Okay. Coming off the bench, uh, I think he's great. All right, Mike, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What do you want the Knicks to do before break? Like, roster-wise? I mean, it's impossible to ask because it's so large, but I, just, I want him to get out of the Randall contract. I feel like he's such a ball stopper, and he's shooting terrible again this year. I, I'd look at what his numbers where they finished last year, but it feels like he's always shooting poorly, like last year and this year. Ever since he got the big contract, it feels like he's been shooting poorly. It's been a rough, long stretch for that guy. Mm -hmm. So... Top scores on the Knicks so far. T per game, team lead, Jalen Brunson. Second place, RJ Barrett. Third place, Emmanuel Quickly. Or sorry, third place, Julius Randle. Fourth place, Emmanuel Quickly. Can either of you guess who is currently the fifth highest scorer for the New York Knicks per game? I won't guess because I have it pulled up in front of me. Okay, Brendan, you want to you wanna wager a guess there? Who do you think the fifth highest scorer for the Knicks is currently? Quentin Grimes. Nailed it. Quentin Grimes oh at number God. five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Averaging 8.1 points per game. Not, not a super powerful offensive team right now. Yeah. I but, forgot we still have that god-awful Fournier contract on the books. He's still on the team. Dude, uh, Fournier so currently played 16 minutes a game. In the one Only game. played one game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brutal. All right, next up to Brendan. See, I'm getting better. Now I'm remembering who's up first. Next up to Brendan. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers. Six and six, 500 team, minus 0 0.9 point or net rating per 100 possession. Brendan, Cleveland Cavaliers, real or fake? Fake. Man, they're playing so far underneath their potential. 
Darius Garland's been out. Currently only has seven games played. And then Donovan Mitchell missed their Friday night win over Detroit. You think that team is just unhappy? Or do you I don't think... know, man. There's, that's, a, that's another team that needs to make a move, right? There's been a lot of talk about Donovan Mitchell wanting out of there. And I, I don't... We get that every, every year or so, yeah. It's, I mean, he doesn't say it. I don't think he would. I think he's a pretty stand-up, stand-up guy. Wants but... to go to New York. Ooh, you like that, Mike? Randall for Mitchell? Who says no? Yeah. <laughs> Mitchell's great, man. I like yeah. the idea that the problem currently with the Cavaliers is that the Mobley-Allen front court just cannot perform offensively, and you say, you know what we should add to that is Julius Randall. <laughs> I mean, there's no Cavs fans here, so, you know. I, I always... I, like, I have a special place in my heart for the Cavs, and I, I think it's not. entirely because I have way too much Isaac Okoro stock. Just sit in my back pocket waiting for that to pay off one of these days. Yeah, he was a, a draft prospect for the Warriors, and they passed up on him for Wiseman, so. Well, it might be one of the few times where the Warriors somehow lost a draft when the other prospect was Isaac Okoro, but not exactly a all-star resume. I mean, hey, Wiseman. we got we got GP2 for Wiseman, so I'm... That's true. And no. you, part of the reason you guys managed to... Uh, when that uh, finals was because of GP2. Absolutely. Uh, anything else I want to say on here? Uh, worth noting. Well, okay. So, so just once again, talk about what the Cavs need to do. That, that Allen Mobley front court just has no scoring ability and clogs the paint. I don't yeah. know who they move for. Like if you offload one of those guys, A, where are you sending them? And B, what are you even getting back? Well, when is do we do we know when Ricky Rubio is coming back? No, I I, I, mean, haven't, I haven't heard anything on that. Yeah, that injury was tragic. Yeah, he was he was like, you know, every every time I feel like I, I've heard about it, he's been like in tears talking about. They were his clicking injury. last year. Yeah, can I can I say if they're fake or real? <laughs> oh oh yeah, done. shit. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Not that it's anything that I haven't heard, but. They're fake, but I do agree. They're not playing up to like the potential that I think they have with the talent on the team. Like I think if they hit their potential, they're making it to like second round of the playoffs, then getting knocked out. But they're still fake when it comes to the title. Can I tell you guys something I just learned pulling up the Cavs roster? They have two Mobleys. They have two Mobleys. Is Isaiah Mobley Evan Mobley's brother or something? His son. Oh, really? His son who's two years older than him? They've got D Wade over there. Yeah, they got they got D Wade again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next up, oh god, I don't remember who I went to. I'm, I'm guessing this one's Mike first. Right. Yeah, because you took forever to answer there. You yep. just biding your time until you, you got to talk about the Cavs. Next up, number nine seed, the Atlanta Hawks, currently six and six, plus three point seven net rating per one hundred possessions. Mike, Atlanta Hawks, real or fake? NBA's website has the uh, the Nets at number nine. Oh, I have the Nets at number 10. So we'll talk about the Nets here in a second. You got to talk about Atlanta now. We're going off my yeah. notes. Fuck the NBA. Uh, they're fake. Fuck Trey Young. <laughs> yes, I hold grudges. Deal with it. He's shooting 28% from three. This guy is supposed to be the next Steph Curry. 28% from three. Wild. I'm shocked. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I'm just now realizing, very anti- Trey Young room here, I'm pretty sure. 
I like Trey Young. Do you really? Uh, I figured you'd yeah, be I against Trey Young. No, I like Trey Young. I think he uh I think he's a little inconsistent, but I think he's I think he's a good floor general. He's gotta gotta get a better haircut, man. That's really that's really Trey Young's current problem. He's got that hair product. Does he really? <laughs> yeah, he's he's got like a he's got like a deal with some balding company. <laughs> Excellent. Hair loss company, whatever it is. I respect this is, it. This is also an elite team for white shooters who I like watching play. They it's like this if if Kyle Korver was still in the league, he would be a first ballot guy to be on the Hawks. But they got uh Boyan Bogdanovich and DeAndre Hunter, who are both just like dudes I enjoy watching take jump shots. Solid. Yeah. Wasn't was, was Kyle Korver was Kyle Korver drafted by the Hawks? He, he played there been. before. He played on like twenty five teams, man. Kyle Korver was all over the NBA. Brittany, did you answer? Atlanta Hawks, real or fake? I think they're fake. I like like some of the pieces they have on that roster, but they just haven't figured out how to put them together. Which is I, just weird to me, because their coach is great. Oh, yeah. And I, so. I do think they, they look better than they did last season. I think Quinn Snyder has definitely improved it. As people especially buy yeah. into a system, I think we're going to see improvement. Trey Young has more off-ball actions this season than he had his entire rookie year. So we're getting wow. we're getting some level of buy-in into the Quinn Snyder system. It's just yeah. a matter of what's the ceiling of having your two best players be kind of small guards and Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Yeah. I know I'm kind of it's, killing the gimmick here, but it's it, I, I, I still have to keep asking it. It's kind of crazy. Imagine if we got to nine Atlanta Hawks and one of you guys said they were a real contender. <laughs> I mean, the West will be interesting. Yeah, we'll have to come back and do that next week. Yeah. All right, final one. This one starts off with Brendan. The number 10 Brooklyn Nets, 6-6, six six, plus 1.2 net rating per 100 possessions. Brendan, Brooklyn Nets, real or fake? Man, I like the Nets. I wish I could say they were real. But they're fake. That Ben Simmons injury is just keeps lingering, but I like their roster, man. Thomas is so fun to watch. Yeah, this this roster to me, I, I categorized it as an island of misfit toys. In minutes per game, their top players are Bridges, Cam Thomas, Ben Simmons, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Nick Claxton. They drafted one of those guys. Yeah. Claxton's really good, too. Yeah, I, I feel like I bought in on Claxton a lot a few years ago when uh, Durant and, and Irving were there, and then I just like slowly let all that stock sell away. And now every time I watch the, the Nets now again, I'm like, this Nick Claxton guy's pretty good. I, I had like, I started buying Nick Claxton stock at the same time I started buying Jackson Hayes stock. <laughs> and so I think both those guys are intertwined in my head, and Jackson Hayes is not like a top-end NBA player. All right, Mike. Brooklyn Nets, real or fake? I do hold grudges, but not here because the whole Durant, Irving, Harden thing blew up in their face and didn't work. So uh, the grudge against the Nets is gone. It is cool to see Cam Thomas having the season he's having. I do. I like M Mikhail Bridges as well, uh, which I believe that was the part of the Durant trade, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was a good piece that they got back in there. Unfortunately, they are fake, but I'll ask a question to you guys. Are they like <clears throat> considering trading away the superstars they did? Um, are they ahead of schedule? I mean, I don't want to say they're ahead of schedule because I think that they're still sellers. 
I think come this trade deadline, we might see them move. I mean, maybe we even see them move Bridges, but kind of buying into the whole Island Misfit toys. Them and the Toronto Raptors are both teams that it's, it's this season feels like an inflection point. They either have to start spending assets to buy in or start selling assets to tank. And you yeah. kind of got to just wonder what direction are they going to go? Like if they were to move Bridges, Cam Thomas, and Dorian Finney-Smith, they could get a pretty good return for just those three guys. Do you want to do that, though? That's the question, right? I I think I I like their roster. I know they're not going to win a chip at that roster, but it's a bunch of dudes with chips on their shoulders who have a lot to prove, and it feels like they they do that every night. This also, it feels as, you know, I, I, I know I, I pointed out that none of these guys are Brooklyn natives from the draft or anything, but it does feel like this team probably has the most in common with the city of any team they've had in a minute. Like, it doesn't make sense to have the second best team or the second most famous team in New York to have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. But it does kind of work for them to have Mikhail Bridges, Cam Thomas, Ben Simmons, Dorian Finney-Smith. That just works better. It kind of feels a little bit like the D'Lo roster they had before they traded all that away. It's kind of got that same vibe to it, where it's just you don't expect them to be as good as they are. And their oldest players, the Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, and Spencer Dinwiddie, are all only 30. But Dinwiddie is a net. Like, to me, like if, when I look at the nets, like I think of Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good call. It, it's like if they, you talked about the Cavs a little bit ago. It's like if they were the team that traded for Jared Allen again. It just yep. fucking works. It looks good. Those guys, those guys look right in yep. Nets uniforms. Also worth noting, more, more castaways that have been playing relatively well for this team. Lonnie Walker, Dennis Smith Jr. Might be both of their best, definitely Lonnie Walker's best season. It might also be Dennis Smith Jr.'s best season just from a, it looks like he's a good person to play. He's coming off the bench. Yep. He's like their ninth or 10th man. But yep. shooting 39, 45, or sorry, 39, 36, and 87, which has got to be the best shooting marks of his career. When we got to remember, too, that he was the next guy for the Mavs before Luka got there. So he's got a lot of chips on his shoulders because he's been just moved all around the league. Yeah, he's, a, he's another guy that I irrationally believed in coming out of the draft and was completely wrong. Athletic as hell, though. Athletic as hell, and he has that famous tweet where he talks about how God gives everyone a gift, and his gift is slinging that wood. So that's fun. <laughs> All right, those are the top 10 in the standings right now in the East. And according to you guys, the only contender is the Boston Celtics. <laughs> no, right. I, I, call, I called the Bucks real. <laughs> Brendan called him fake, though. So the only consensus contender in the East is the Celtics. You're welcome. <laughs> Congratulations, Boston Celtics, on once again making the NBA Finals. All right, we're going to get the hell out of here. Uh, Brendan, this was fun. You want to come back and do the West next week? Yeah, I'm down. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, you want to you wanna do some plugs on the way out the door? Yeah, since I am the man who handles all coverage of college football, it is Saturday. I'm prepared to go watch college football all day. Looking forward to it. And that drops on Wednesday. I finally hit my deadline this week. Finally. <laughs> finally got it to you on Wednesday. So look forward to, to that again this week. And Mike, what is the name of that article? Oh, sorry. On Saturday. 
And also, you can follow me on Twitter at Town Alone Mike. You can see today where I post, I tweeted um, saying some pretty harsh things about a segment on first take. <laughs> Fuck Stephen A. Smith. The feud continues. Uh, similarly, you can follow me on Twitter, Town Alone Adam. Uh, I, I don't tweet nearly as much as Mike, but if you want to know when our content comes out, it's always on my Twitter feed. Beyond that, be sure to tune in. Every Tuesday, we put out our League Pass watchability rankings that includes an updated ranking for all 30 teams in the NBA on how watchable they are on League Pass, as well as some storylines going on. Usually get some clips in there this week, you know, bash James Harden because it's in my DNA. It's all I have left for me. Uh, then, yeah, be sure to keep an eye out on this feed. Big content day coming up right after this. We're going to go record our football podcast. And we still also have, in respect to the AEW pay-per-view later tonight, we have our predictions for full gear coming out. That's all set. I just need to upload that. How did I forget that? I'm, I'm an idiot. Uh, we got a lot of content today. Mm-hmm. Brendan, you want to you wanna plug your Twitter or do you want people to leave you the hell alone online? Sure. I've got a Twitter at Brendan's MySpace. And then Threads, also Brendan's MySpace, if you're a Threads guy. I haven't looked at your Twitter handle in so long, I forgot what it was. Yeah. All right, let's get the fuck out of here.